Welcome to Your Living Life Legacy Matters, powered by the Faith-Based Cause Initiative and NRM Streamcast. We're very, very happy to be with you and more important to be with you and share with you um, an individual that we know uh, is, in fact, uh, the future. And when we talk about Black History uh, Month, as we conclude Black History Month, we're also uh, looking to honor uh, his uh, entire focus, which is not just on a Black History Month, as everyone is right now, but also on women, women that have taken the lead, uh, that have basically resulted in us having the first woman uh, vice president uh, right now in the United States of America. But when we talk about really what's happening right now in the celebration of Black History Month, we want to always draw your attention to uh, the mainstream media, uh, starting with uh, my alumni brother, uh, Don Lemon, okay? But yeah, he, he is shared with you each and every night on picking one. Uh, this particular uh, individual is history, uh, history uh, now, because uh, I was shared uh, in with the younger audience that history is really uh, defined as yesterday, okay, <laughs> not a uh, hundred years ago. While we respect a hundred and, and four hundred years ago, we respect it all. History is being make it made every day. This particular individual has a background in public service, okay, and I would put that first because it's pretty hard to give a yourself without getting any financial remuneration and while at the same time being an accomplished uh, lawyer and having a practice, a family practice that he enjoys with his wife, uh, assisting people with all types of legal issues from real estate to probate. When we talk about a life legacy, we talk about a foundation. Uh, a person does not have to be a doctor, a lawyer, an engineer, but first and foremost, they need to uh, be able to develop human skills that are skills of faith, of cause, and of charitable outreach. And those three words, faith, cause, and charitable outreach, defines our guest. Uh, Mr. Anthony, um, I want to uh, share with you that... We really appreciate uh, your website, okay, uh, Anthony Adams for Mirror. I mean, <laughs> we, we, uh, thank uh, you very understand. much. I, I got through it all, okay. you know, even though I know it has a number <laughs> instead of like F O U R, it yeah. has a number for. Uh, what would make you want to give up a lucrative <laughs> legal operation and become mayor? Well, you know, uh, thank you for having me on. Um, I was raised by, by a single mother. Uh, Juanita Adams, my mother, was really a committed public servant. Uh, she started off her, her life as a clerk typist three, which was the lowest clerk position you could have uh, within the health department uh, at that time. And she, when she retired, she was the registrar for the city of, of Cincinnati. Never, never graduated from college, did graduate from high school, always believed in hard work. Uh, public service, and she was active in NAACP, Urban League, you name it, she did it. And so that kind of became my whole mantra, is public service is, is the price we pay for what we do. And when we have talents and skills uh, that can benefit people, we should use those skills and talents to work for a much broader purpose. And so having practiced law and, and been pretty successful, uh, I, was, I was driven by faith. Uh, to run for mayor because I believe oftentimes this is it's a spiritual journey. Uh, you have to be committed and filled with the spirit to do something like this because it is very challenging, uh, personally very stressful, but it's something that needs to be done. The people in the city need to have someone 
who's prepared to fight on their behalf, who's prepared to listen to what they have to say, who's prepared to make Detroiters not an afterthought, but a forethought on what needs to be done. Okay. Well, I, Noah, more eloquently put, to, mm -hmm. I can understand it. And, you know, we talk about uh, individuals with your background, mm -hmm. and we have to mention key words like integrity, mm -hmm. like character, you know, uh, the, the credible nature of a person. Mm -hmm. And as we've seen over the course of the last four years, you can't buy those. No. You know, you can't buy a character measurement. Uh, having spent uh, over 10 years in the financial arena of Bank of America, obviously, uh, mm -hmm. they always ask us as a, uh, a, a trick question when we wanted to move to the level of vice presidency of a bank, and mm -hmm. that is a level where we all in corporate lending would have a million dollar lending limit. Mm -hmm. And we would string the lending limits together to be able to accommodate customers that needed to have upwards of 50 million in right. financing. And so <clears throat> we would always have this question, uh, what will pay the bank back its loan? Mm -hmm. Had five choices. Right. The, the first choice was how much cash they had. The second choice was how much credit, additional credit uh, they had available. The, the next uh, choice was what did they own? What was their collateral? I think you younger people should know I mentioned yeah. cash, <laughs> credit, collateral, mm -hmm. okay? What they own. The next two were quite important that the, our younger audience can understand. That was capacity. That means can they grow beyond Michigan? Can they grow beyond the United States? And then the last characteristic was ironically what was the measurement of their character mm -hmm. and obviously just to cheat uh, and I'm sure um, uh, brother Adams uh, knows this uh, <laughs> out of the five C's of credit yes. it's character it's character yeah. character character is what pays you back and if that was not demonstrated in the last four years right. I don't know what well we had a we had a serious deficit uh, on the character side, we had a lot of uh, bravado. Uh, we had a lot of uh, self-aggrandizement. Uh, and it really took away from, the, I think, the essence of what a democratic society is based on, which is the ability of our leader to, to provide spiritual uh, and moral guidance to, to the country. That was something that was missing. Mm -hmm. And so I think uh, what you know, I'm running on obviously is is a platform uh, of integrity because I think you have to have integrity and you have to have character. When you talk about lending, it was so important because what character will do is when times get hard, the character kicks in and people do what they need to do in order to repay the loan. And so you can have all the collateral in the world, but if you have no character, then you try to figure out how you can avoid paying your obligations. Yes. And so character is important because it's a touchstone for what you need in order to be grounded in your decision making. Yes. And you know, I, as I uh, glance uh, at my notes, I just want to let the listening audience know that uh, we're going to do something that we uh, really are happy to do for you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to post this particular bio uh, because this bio reads and really reeks uh, through the uh, pages on my computer screen mm -hmm. of character, mm -hmm. of integrity, and of credibility. And can you imagine a man being able to be uh, yoked, uh, uh, certainly at least evenly yoked, if not really being able to uh, take truly advantage of a secret weapon within his uh, wife's 
friends and his marriage and his also professional just really outreach um you know they really believe that after the last four or five years it comes a time now where a person will be measured not by the uh, uh, color of their skin not by their religion not by really at all how much money they have because what does that mean when you're in the service of the public should you not be measured by the content of your character and uh, I would want um, uh, Brother Adams here to share with us a little bit about okay. how you see things now and what can we look at towards the future? Right. I think, um, first of all, we, we've got to get back to respecting people and one another. Uh, you know, we've lost the level of respect and the measure of respect for one another and how we communicate and how we move things forward. And I think we, we've got to get that back. Uh, we've also got to focus on making sure that the least of the uh, are taken care of and provided for. You know, coming through this great pandemic, this once-in-a-generation experience, uh, we have a lot of people out there hurting. And if you've been on the food lines, if you've been working with the homeless population and things of that nature, you see that those folks really need our assistance and need our help. And we've got to step up big in order to provide uh, assistance that they need. We've also got to provide, I think, a framework for how we move forward and how that should look. We've got to be very clear in our direction and policy of preferences in terms of what is important uh, to our community. And so what is important is we, first of all, got to stabilize the, the people in the neighborhoods. We've got to provide them with the resources that they need. We also have to provide people with the tools that they need in order to move their lives forward. And then we've got to create an environment where people are understanding that we all may not have the same thing, but we all need the same thing, which is how we work together and make our lives better for one another. There's got to be a commitment to that public service, a commitment to the truth, and understanding that we all in this together, and we've got to work hard to move ourselves forward. Brother Adams, you know, uh, maybe you can help us, uh, that is myself, my family, uh, our listening audience, uh, try to understand the complexities that we really need to understand that are really clear. Uh, how is it that it would take uh, months and months to help people uh, that you know need help during a pandemic, but it takes a matter of uh, a day or two to put a Supreme Court justice yeah. uh, uh, on a bench that could be easily done over the course of 30 days or, or 40 days. Uh, how could that be? I think it was as a reflection really of of our value structure uh, and really what occurred over the last four years. And it wasn't just the last four years. It's really been a, a run-up to the, to the last four years. Okay. And I think part of our understanding is that we've got to prioritize what's important. And what's important is that the people need to be taken care of. And I think we kind of lost track of that because think people are focused on so many other issues, so many hot-button issues. When, when you talk about how we take care of the people, how do we provide tax relief, how do we provide the support necessary, how do we provide health care. I mean, it's ironic that we would be fighting about a health care bill that provided open access to health care to all and became such a political issue. Things have become so politicized because this is all about uh, win at all costs culture. I've got to win in order for you to lose because my position is better than yours. And we've lost. We've lost the ability to communicate 
and understand that we, we may have differences, but those differences don't make us enemies because at the end of the day, we do have a shared experience in how we relate and how we communicate because this is a shared economy. And if we don't begin to work together and understand that we have differences, but we have to achieve results, then we're going to constantly be in conflict with one another. Okay. Now, I guess as I would probably want to pull out of your experience, because it even seems puzzling to me, I know with our young people, they must be just worn out to try to figure out why a great country like the United States would not know that if they're on fire, there's no time to talk yes. you know, about strategically how we should put the fire out. Right. Should we not rush in with all the water we have you know, to put the fire out opposed to strategically decide how much water we should put on a fire? I, I, I mean, I think that the first thing we have to understand is that this is not the first time that America has been in great turmoil. And I think if you don't have any historical perspective because, you know, in the old days when when I went to school, because I'm sure you're much younger than I am, you know, we understood historical trends and what has occurred in, in the development of American society. And so the first thing you understand is that this is not the first time we've ever faced a major test like this, that there are times in history when we are faced and forced to confront a real challenge. And what has happened in the past is that we've always overcome that challenge. And so now the question open on the floor is whether or not we will pass this challenge. I have a tendency because I believe in the goodness of man that we will rise to this occasion, we will rise to the challenge, and that we will embrace what we need to embrace in order to put the water on the fire where it's needed. Because at the end of the day, um, people need what they need, and we've got to understand that. And I think trends, I think the trend line is moving in the right direction um, because we need to move in that direction. Well, I want to thank you so much for joining us, uh, Brother Adams. Um, You know, we don't uh, necessarily endorse uh, people for uh, political office being the faith-based cause initiative, but we endorse human beings to do anything. And you certainly have our endorsement, Brother Adams. You you know, uh, again, you can judge a person in terms of what they do as quoted by uh, our late esteemed, honorable um, humanitarian Maya Angelou, when someone tells you who they are, why wouldn't you and why shouldn't you believe them? And here we have Brother Adams here sharing with us, you know, who he is. You can please back check him and take a look as you look at myfbci.com. We'll give you a link to site where you can actually see more and more information. We want to ask that you really open your ears in a very kind and compassionate way and listen to what Brother Adams has to share with you about solutions in the future. So thank you so much, Brother Adams. Thank you. On behalf of the Faith-Based Cause Initiative, uh, our chair, Mr. Greg Garland, our co-chair, Dr. Pastor William Reveille, as the executive director, Carville Jones wishing you a very, very happy and very prosperous the rest of the month and beyond. Thank you so much.